Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I am Kate Roberts and I'm here with my co-host Wynne Morgan. Hi Wynne. Hello Kate. And Wynne, this is, as you know, our 50th episode. Mm -hmm. Um, We started late last year recording and so it's only been one year and we've got 50 episodes in amazing guests, really beautiful conversations. And you had an idea of what to do with the 50th episode. Would you like to share that? Yeah. So the idea, and we talked about this, I think probably about 10 episodes ago, hey, at some point we're going to have the 50th episode if we don't argue too much, which we kind of never have yet. Um, We'll have a 50th episode. What should we do? And, And the thought that I had was to look back at some of the episodes that each of us have really loved. And while I find it difficult to favor some over the others, when I listened back to some, it was, oh yeah. And I remember a few of them even during the time we were recording going, okay, this is special. This this feels really special to me, this one. Um, So we've each chosen five to look back on and what I thought we'd then do would be to, to share what was it about that that was so impactful or that we enjoyed about them specifically. Um, And then for you listening, an invitation for you to go back and and listen uh, if you want to, to any of those other episodes that you might have missed. But before getting into that, I want to just thank you listening right now for this, but for listening and spending some of your time to um, Kate and I's musings. It does mean a lot to us that you listen and that you share feedback and you subscribe and you download and you send in questions or uh, observations or anything it just doesn't mean a lot to us because while I'm pretty sure well I would do this if no one listened if we had one person I would still do it thankfully it's quite a bit more than one I would do it for the love of it but I love the fact so many people are enjoying it too so that's what I wanted to start with You know, I think that to truly do it justice, I would go back and listen to every single one of them again before choosing the five that that I chose. But at the same time, I have not done that in all honesty. 
all transparency, I've not gone back and listened to every single one of them again. Uh, granted, I, I do the editing for that. So I get to spend some time with it. Um, not only the original recording, but also in editing. But so part of me still wishes that before we recorded this, I had the time to go back and listen to every single one again. Uh, that would have been fun as well. Yeah, and it would have taken you two whole days with no sleep. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So, my choosing, I did go back and, and listen to a bit and things that um, I remember really loving and or the feeling of them even and then went back and listened to them. So, so that's how I, I picked the five. Uh, also, in all transparency, I knew which five you had picked, and I was, I think, trying to go with dif different ones so that we would have more to talk about, but that's just me. Yeah, full transparency as well is that when we recorded the previous episode, episode 49, I said which, which were my five. And then when you told me 10 minutes ago before we started recording, which your five were, I went, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, that was, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, oh. So we've got 10 episodes that we're just going to share a few reflections on. Who's first? I think you should go first. All right. Sure. Well, the first one I chose um, is the one that we've had most downloads for. And not all by me, not all kind of like close to 400 have been by me. I don't think I've downloaded it once actually. Because I tend to listen when I'm when I've got uh, Wi-Fi. This one, I remember it being impactful in the moment we were talking to this guest, and then I listened back to it twice as soon as it came out, and it came out in May, and it was Linda Pransky on, and it was episode sixteen, and I think it came out on the very late April, and I, I was listening to it. Um, in London at the time when we were released from full lockdown. And I spent a few days uh, in, in London and I was listening to it in my hotel room. I remember going, I, I now remember why I love this so much. Now I spent time with both Linda and George a few weeks ago, very privileged to do so and, and hang out with them. And I told Linda that her episode up until that point was the most downloaded episode. She got a little bit of a kick out of it. She said, oh, who was second and who was third and stuff. And now she, was ve she takes it very lightheartedly, but she kind of went, oh, really? Mine, wow, cool, yeah. And, I, and it, to me, it was of no surprise that it's been a very popular episode. And the bit that I remember about it well, there were two, but the first one I remember massively was I asked the question, how would you introduce yourself to someone who doesn't know you? And she said, I probably wouldn't. And then she talked for 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, it was a very deep and in my mind, a very profound exploration into what we make up about our identity and what we really are underneath it. It touched me just listening again to that. It was such a lovely, heartfelt exploration 
fresh in the moment for Linda. And Linda's always amazing at that. Always goes to what's fresh right now. And I feel it when she speaks. And the other thing that this is not only Linda, because I think this is wonderful for every guest we've had, is to how open they are. Open in their sharing. And she shared something about her own life experience and thinking that she shouldn't have this specific emotion or this specific thing happening in her life. And she'd made up that she was in a different, different boat. And I've noticed that to be a very profound thing for me personally too, to notice that I'm the same as everyone. And everything I thought was different about me actually makes me the same. There was something really amazing in realizing that for myself, and that's why I have that second reason for for having that as my uh, one of my top five of the 49 that we've recorded to date, this being number 50. The problem is I've been resisting my depression. That's why I can't get out of it. I've been, I didn't even know I was resisting it. I was resisting being depressed. That's why I couldn't. But see, that was true for me. That was my answer. Is I had did not know I'd been resisting the depression. And the resistance was holding me in it. And as soon as I realized that, it literally started lifting. Literally started lifting. And I'd been in it for a long time. I'd been in it for two years. I'd been looking for two years for an answer. And I was just in this. It had the same experience that my clients would tell, tell me. Like, I felt like I lived behind glass. Like I couldn't reach out and people couldn't reach in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then once I saw that I'd been resisting, it's like the glass, metaphorically, the glass started to crack. I, in my mind, the glass, the glass is cracking. Hmm? But that was my answer is I had did, but see, it was a true answer because it was true. I've been resisting, subtly resisting my depression. It's like, I can't have this experience. Hmm. I can't have this experience. So I'm resisting an experience because in my mind, I can't be depressed. I know too much to be depressed. See, that's what Kathy was saying to me. You think you're in a different boat than other people. I know too much to be depressed. And I think if people knew that there was always an answer that you'd find in the unknown, they'd feel better. They'd be hopeful. They'd be hopeful. I could have gotten horribly discouraged because all my go-to, I talked to Sid. It was when Sid was still alive. He didn't help me. I talked to George. George didn't help me. So all my go-tos did not help. And I thought, I could have thought, oh my God, I'm screwed here. But I didn't. I didn't. I did not. Because I knew, I knew there was an answer. I just didn't have it yet. I'd love it if people could realize 
the value of the of the state of mind of not knowing. If people could have the experience of that, if it just being in the not knowing and then know and see the relationship and and have the kind of confidence that they could have and the hope for answers because people get discouraged and they think there's no hope there's no answers they're stuck no it's always answers always and it's called ultimately hopeful and i've got to give credit as well so prepare to be embarrassed kate roberts um the titles of these episodes are chosen by kate during editing and i think she does a brilliant job someone did say that Yeah. Yeah, most of the time when I'm picking a title, I listen to I, most of the time I listen to it the whole way through. But I would say 99% of the time, it's a knowing that comes from inside what the title should be. It's a, it's a heavier weight on whatever they're saying and I know it like I just sense it oh I'm like oh that's it yeah and Linda's was perfect and what she shared was you know those were her words after sharing something really challenging that she went through in her life. And I just love Linda's because it was so personal and so honest. Yeah. Talking of personal and honest, I know the first one you chose. The very first one I chose? Well, the ones that you read out to me 10 yeah. minutes ago, anyway, 15 minutes ago, I know which that one was. So. But you all seem to be in numerical order anyway, so I don't know if that's in, of any significance. Hmm. Yeah, I picked for my first one, it was Rob Cook. I can't remember what the title of his was what I picked for that one, but I really loved that episode with Rob Cook because and I'm not sure if these are the best words, but Rob is so fun and yet so deeply spiritual when he talks, but he's always a reminder to me that seeing what we see and, and having these conversations don't always have to be serious. And that's what I love about Rob. Yeah. They can be fun. They can be hysterical. They can make, you can make fun of yourself the whole time. And, uh, and I love that about Rob because he's so genuine and he's so out there and honest about his own life and his experience. And he doesn't try to look spiritual, like, you know, Sometimes people do, and 
And I think that's why I picked Rob's is because I felt like I was laughing the whole time, but there was so much truth in it. Yeah, so that's why I picked Rob first. And that was, again, playing into that mindset of being broken or living through a, a, a box of um, thinking it has to be painful to, to enjoy it. Like, it's got to be, you know, you got to go through this, this horrific trauma to just be grateful for life. And I don't, I don't see that as true anymore. Ah, no wonder we're arguing because I'm not listening. Of course we are, I'm not listening. I'm, I'm trying to prove to you, don't scream at me. Like, you know, the, the, don't, don't, don't project your anger, frustration on me. Well, I never would have made it down that driveway if I wasn't projecting on him. I already knew I was off, you know, <laughs> like I knew I was off. So I, I laugh and I literally say to him from, from beat your ass was about 20 seconds maybe. And I said, all right, I'm coming in. I'm gonna hug you. I'm gonna hug you now. I'm gonna hug you. Stop. I'm not hitting you. I promise. I squeeze and I hug him. And he was like, I said, like, yeah, I'm fine now. Come on, man. Let's walk up to my office and talk about it. Those those words that you just said actually in my mind are very accurate of rob in general and during that episode and it's the only time that i remember that we had um a differing opinion on what to call it as a as an episode and it was my british stiff upper lip that kind of went, <laughs> let's not call it that um and in hindsight ah oh, damn it was right I know when. I, I know. So you knew I, all I along. let it go. I let it go, but we both know the truth. Yeah. But yeah. I was beginning to challenge things that I thought made me a man. And so by virtue of challenging those, I had this this um ego masculinity that was toxic in a sense. I'm a grown ass man. No, I ain't, you know, in my head. And it's so funny that hearing the term I'm a grown ass man makes me laugh because it's like, if you know who you are, you never scream that. So the truth yeah, we... is the episode should have been called like a grown ass man. Right. And I said, well, it's got the word ass in it, A-double-S. I mean, that's, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but at least you know this when I know this. Eight months later than I probably could have, but yeah, there we go. Well, it, we were still early and figuring it out. I think that's the what I notice about Rob is exactly that quality. It's so fun, and I mean, his, his smile is his smile is just huge. And I don't know what the editing would have been like for that episode because I'm pretty sure we were just laughing so many times in that. Um, cause that was an early episode, right? I think Rob was our second guest ever. Episode six, I've written down here. Um, it, he's so real and deep, as you just said, it's really lovely. It was.
It really was. And I feel like, you know, so oftentimes I think we could probably be having more fun when we talk about spiritual topics. Yeah. You know, and not to say that, you know, our very beautiful, slow, deep conversations aren't exactly that. They're incredible. But I love how he brings the two together. Yeah. Yeah. All right, when what was the second one for you? Mara Olson, which was episode 27. And it's called the subtle and subtle untruths and deep gratitude. So another well titled one, Kate. I remember at the time in listening to Mara, thinking this is I could listen to this conversation and where she was pointing to for days on end. That's what I remember. And it, it meandered in a really awesome way that it touched something heartbreaking and profound, beautiful and, I don't know, I might go back to that word heartbreaking again. Because there were some things shared in the second half of that that I'd forgotten we talked about. And if you wanna go back and listen, as I said, it's episode 27. Also, again, I think the other thing that I really love about how Mara expresses herself is how plain and simple the language is and how matter-of-fact yet heartfelt what she shares is. When I realized that there's a space in everyone where when our thought system quiets down or our anxiety or our obsessive chatter about our identity, I mean, you could give it a, a million different names, but basically just the, the thinking that dominates our mental space. When that gets quiet or um, falls away or suddenly looks not real, like that's kind of when it's the coolest is you're like, oh my God, this is made up. <gasps> There's this knowing that people have that's completely impersonal. It's um, somehow built into the fabric of life of just being, you just get it by being alive. I don't know how to talk about it. I mean, I think mystics and probably philosophers and religious people have much more eloquent language for it. But for me, it's just that there's this knowing you know what to do. And it doesn't come from you because it doesn't come from your thought system. It doesn't come from a personally acquired skill or learning. It's just pure, raw intelligence or insight. And it Everyone knows it on, on the most mundane level, but also on the most profound level. When you suddenly see something you hadn't seen before and you almost want to send a thank you note. I um, lost my sister and her two children this past year in a car crash. 
And it really, really, I mean, talk about under the noise. I feel like when something that life altering happens to you out of the blue, it's so unexpected. It's not like someone I knew got a cancer diagnosis. It was like from one moment to the next, they were alive and then they were dead. And it was so jarring that I feel like it took my entire thought system and went just sort of like exploded it. I had moments of almost feeling guilty for how profoundly beautiful it felt. Like there was a horror to it, but there was also this unbelievable freedom that I'd never experienced before. And I can, all I can describe it is like the shit you normally care about, you don't care about when something like that happens. Uh, I've been very open with my brother now that I thank them when I say them. I mean, my, my sister-in-law and her kids, Lou and Des, because they showed me many, many beautiful things in their departing for the other side that I just don't know that I would have seen. I've always enjoyed listening to Mara since I, since I remember her first uh, talking in a, in a room that I was in, and I'm, this is almost 10 years ago now. It'll be 10 years in the spring. It'll be 10 years in April. And there's this childlike quality of what I imagine the world and life to look like behind her eyes. She sees something, I don't know, like I would imagine a, a one and a half year old to see, just just fresh and innocent and pure. And, and in my mind, that hasn't changed in the last 10 years. If anything, it's more profound and deep. Um, profound and deep, those are two words that are coming out a lot right now. So if you're already tired of using those words, then you're going to hear more of them, I'd imagine. And the title of Subtle Untruths and Deep Gratitude, I mean, it's just a lovely flow of that conversation of what she noticed were subtle untruths, but fundamentally untrue. And then as a result of seeing that, what reveals itself is deep gratitude. And if, and if you have not listened back to that, um, I really recommend it. I feel like Mara's episode could have also been called Ultimately Hopeful yeah. based on what she shared and what she'd seen. That was a great episode. It's back to you. The second one that I picked was Steph Benedetto, Stephanie. And not only do I love that episode because she's my dear friend, but I feel like that was really the first episode that felt really playful for me where I got to show up kind of playful because that's who Stephanie is. She's so open and she's so willing to play in the unknown. She's not just willing, she loves playing in the unknown. 
And so we would put questions to her and go here and go here. And she just went everywhere with us. And it was so fun and so playful. So yeah, so I, I really feel like with um, Rob and stuff, it was just a, a fun part of Under the Noise for me. Yeah. I think when I think of Steph, just again, it looks, if I was behind her eyes, I think I might see life as just one fresh adventure in every moment. And that came across. And then speaking with her in person in the times that we've met over the last probably three or four years, it really, it shouts out in her, as you know very well. She shows up just like that in person yeah. with everyone. I have this love for stories for multiple reasons. One of them is that it's a metaphor for thought to me. And we're always telling ourselves stories. None of them are true. Some of them are beautiful. Some of them are really painful. Sometimes they look really real, but we get to play with them. How fun that this win character exists, that I get to know him. And maybe he's not having fun in that moment, but I bet that on some level, like he is, the universe is having fun through him, which means he is having fun, even if he doesn't know it. <laughs> there is something that I have experienced with you, Kate, on numerous occasions since we've been hanging out. I find myself saying things. I'm on the edge of I, I'm on the edge of what I'm exploring. I'm on the edge of what I'm seeing in a way that I don't think I do with anyone else. Mm -hmm. Like I'll say, what am I talking about? About mm -hmm. cosmic stuff and the meaning of life type shit. Like that, oh my gosh, like how did that even come out of my mouth? But for some reason, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this thing to you, Kate. I don't even know what's going to come out the next three words from now. <laughs> to really question the, my thought, to really question what seems to be true to me and ask, is it really? Is it always? And so a lot of times it, it leads me to this place where I realize how very little I know and certainly how little I know for <laughs> sure. God bless you. <laughs> and, and it's, and I love that actually. Now I love that, that it, it brings me the opportunity to come back to that place of what could I see that's new here about something I've assumed is true, or even something that's coming out of my mouth. Is it really, do I really see it that way now? So accepting, so loving, and so willing to just go wherever you want to go. And it would just be like, oh, let's go there then. Let's go there then. And she has just like everything just looks awesome, I think, to her. And I just love that capacity that she has for that. I think it's terrific. She does. And she loves to sit in questions with me. You know, she'll ask 
questions or I'll say, oh, I'm sitting in this question right now. And she's like, ooh. And we just explore questions together and not not necessarily to any any end, like needing an answer. She just loves the question. She's like, I don't know. It's so fun. It's so fun just to, it was fun on that episode and it's fun to be with her in person. She loves not knowing. Yeah. Love that. Well, we're going to go for three in a row now on fun. All right. So the third one that I chose is back to episode 21, which is called Our Very Human Shenanigans. And I remember in that episode, even said for for you and uh, your daughter, that the word shenanigans is a word that you really love playing with and, I listened back to this episode about a week ago. I was um, going into London to meet my closest friend for dinner. And uh, in the train and then the tube station to go to uh, Covent Garden area in London. And I played the episode of Very Human Shenanigans. And I couldn't remember how much I'd shared about my crazy. Because I remember a few months later, someone asking me about my socks. And I went, what are you talking about? What are you you talking about my socks for? I'd forgotten all the stuff that I was very open about. And the color coding of your wardrobe. And my um, previous habit of buying 14 pairs of black socks from the same shop. So therefore they would go to their they would age towards gray in the same way at the same time. So I wouldn't have unmatching socks and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it was just such a fun episode looking back. I also remember before you pressed record, how much fun we were having at the prospect of just sharing our crazy and being very open about it. And, uh, and, And while we were very human in kind of going, okay, now we're recording. Let's be a little serious now. It didn't take long for us for that little veil to fall away again and just just be in the in a space of fun. And the reason that that seems to matter how ridiculous we are is that when we see our own naivety, innocence, it really opens the door to laughing on ourselves in a very helpful way and a very healthy way. I still catch myself having expectations about what I'm capable of doing in a, you know, roughly about a 24 hour period and how perfectly well done it needs to be and how very peaceful I need to be while I'm doing it. There's, that's a good one for me and I'll catch myself doing it and I'm like, what are you doing? It's funny that I just go there. And it's helpful then for me to know. I don't have to believe what I think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think that. It's true. I don't have to think that's true. I don't have to give that feeling energy and then spiral. Because I can. I really can and sometimes do. But knowing it has helped me not do it every time now because i love the 
the idea of or the feeling of when I just let go of needing to get it right or the feeling of um, it all being on me. It's really easy. You know, when you and I are just goofing around and we're talking mm-hmm. as friends now for the, you know, for quite a while, well, for over a year, which to me feels like a while. That's in a good way, by the way, before you start thinking, <laughs> what's he saying? <laughs> just in case there's some shenanigans going on in there. Um, no for now. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for us to see through someone else's story and really see through it for the BS that it actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's far easier for me to see through someone else's story that is for me and my own. Episode 21 are very human shenanigans. If you want to hear us overshare a little bit. There was a lot of oversharing. I'm okay with that. I don't know if 10 years ago I would have been okay with it, but yeah, that was a fun episode. So I feel like with my next couple of choices, I'm switching gears into an appreciation for the people that we've spoken to that have brought a sense of peace, self-understanding, of acceptance that life is an array of experiences. And some of them hurt. Mm. You know, some of them don't feel good and, and some do. And so my next couple, I just, I love what they brought to the table as far as accepting that life brings us experiences of every emotion. From the feeling of love to loss and everything in between. So yeah, my next one is our episode with Fiona Jacob. I want to say her episode is called playing every string on the guitar. It is. Which speaks to, yeah, which speaks to not just playing the strings of life that feel good. Mm. And I love that. It was such a beautiful conversation with the, and I could just like what you said about about Mara is that you could sit there and listen all day. Mm. That's how it felt for me with Fee and what she's seen and how she sees it. I don't know if I cried. If I didn't, I just about held it in in that episode that I really do remember. And even though that was quite an early one as episode 17 because I wrote down the episode numbers earlier on. There was a moment in there that I remember looking at, at my screen here, seeing your face and seeing her face as she was talking about being at peace with all of her spiritual, physical, 
good, bad, all of it, and literally every string on the guitar, um, that touched me in a way that I know I was changed by it. My preferences for certain experiences are there, but the, the, how tight I hold those preferences, I think, softened a lot as a result of listening to her when we made the recording, and I've listened back to it. I, I listened back to that, I think, the next day, um, and really enjoyed it and was just touched by it again. You know, the thing with, with music that I notice as well, I mean, I, I really love minor chords in music, and minor chords have some kind of emotion in them different from a regular major chord in my mind anyway that's how it evokes in me and they can often sound to me anyway as quite sad melancholy and often they are um if you listen to movie soundtracks when there's a when it goes from a major into a minor chord then there's the sign of um, something isn't right or there's, there's peril to come or something or it's a tinge of sadness or it evokes emotion. Music would be really bland without minor chords. Life would be very bland without the range of emotion. And while, yeah, I still would rather not have them, they are a part of life. And being at peace with every string on the guitar, every... Every emotion, I think, is um, life-changing. I stopped listening to her words and just got the feeling. And I felt healed. And I kind of made it this mission that some of who I was was bad and some of who I was was good. Or some of who I was was bad and some of it was better. And I guess my journey has come around almost full circle to noticing that our true essence is the whole of ourselves. It's the both and, it's the human and the spiritual. So I put on hold for the moment, <laughs> becoming enlightened. Because <laughs> I, I know I've made it up that it's, that it's a place where I wouldn't want to feel. I want to feel life. I want to be in life. I want to be the aliveness. I want to be touched by it. I want to wake up to it every single moment of every single day. Play every string on the guitar and be every color in a rainbow. We're the most beautiful expression of the divine in these moments. Showing up in form. Showing up as humans. Messy as hell. <laughs> With a gorgeous passion that flows through us into our, into our moment of creation, of, of this unfolding moment. I love the metaphor that she used as well of 
when she's working with people or a single individual is that she walks with them down a hallway of doors mm. that all open up to the same room. Yeah. I remember that now. Love that. If you think of a very long hallway with lots of door handles. So the door handle might be commitment or the door handle might be stress. The door handle might be listening. The door handle might be teams or team relationships. The door handle might be alcoholism. The door handle might be porn. The door handle might be suicide. So you meet people where they're at. What's relevant to them in this moment? What if they could see it? is on offer for them in this conversation. And so we gently take them by the hand to the door handle they have their hand on and we walk them in. And we join the dots. These are in no particular order, by the way, to anyone uh, thinking about, okay, so what's the next one? These are gonna get progressively less good. No, that's uh, the five that I've chosen are quite random in the way that I'm reading them out. And I think looking at the list that, that you've said, Kate, I think they're in the order of which we recorded them. So this is not based upon our ranking of one to five. It's just our top five in no particular order. Um, and the fourth on, on my list here is the one that we did with Dick and Bettinger. And it was episode 36. And this is one of the longer titles, but it is just, again, just love it. Silence and a feeling, and it, I think the next one is beyond our bubbling thought system. Something like that. And it's exactly what Dickin was bringing up. He's another one of those I could listen to for days on end. And just swim in the feeling of being in... Um, his presence and the wonderment that he has towards things and how clear he is in in um, the human and the spiritual and the mix and the blend and the dance of being in both those two worlds. There was a, a part in that that I will always be grateful for. And he said when he was talking to businesses, often he'd get the initial reaction was, Crikey, get to the point already. So with all those, with all this slow stuff. And then after a while, the same people would say, oh, I can't wait for us to get this slow stuff. I love that slow stuff. And the bit that I really adore about that is how people who might be detractors to begin with and aren't on the page can often become the big can become the biggest advocates quite soon afterwards when they see what this conversation is pointing at, what is truly under the noise of what's in our heads. We love it. And beyond the bubbling thought system. And also loving the bubbling thought system for what it is. And that was episode 36 with Dick and Pettinger. I want everybody to know this. 
Kate and Wynn. I, I, I want everybody to know that we're connected to a deeper intelligence that brings us feelings that uplift and thinking that inspires and is helpful and useful in a very practical way. We can even misuse or overuse trying to think positive and be trying to be positive. When we're present, we're not trying. And all that thinking positive and negative settles out. Settles out. We go beneath the noise of all of that. The babbling. My teacher used to say, if you can take one little step beyond your babbling thought system, you'll find a silence and a feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's where you find what you're looking for. Funny thing was, at first, they just hated how slowly we talked and they just couldn't stand it. And it was like, come on, come on, just say it. Get Hurry up and get to the point. When are we going to start? <laughs> and we realized they didn't know why we were pointing in this direction. So we had to explain to them that any human being, when they temporarily step back from their computer, they don't become dumb and stupid, they become more fully present and they have access to new and fresh thinking and they begin to feel better and be more inspired. And as the logic of that sunk in, pretty soon on our feedback forms, evaluations of our work, they, the thing they loved the most was that they learn the benefit and value of going beneath the noise, quieting down and accessing deeper feeling and new and fresh thinking. <laughs> and that's what they like most about the trainings. <laughs> they had time to reflect and find answers they hadn't found before. And when he's speaking, this you almost don't have to believe a single word he's saying to get to the truth of what he's saying because he's so solid in his knowing that it, it almost just picks you up and takes you with him and I love that about listening to Dickon and just the time that we spent with him on that episode. Mm -hmm. So the second one that I had mentioned earlier was an episode with uh, Melissa Palazzo Hart. And I had never met Melissa before we talked. And what's neat is I actually did go back and listen she's so full of energy. She just has this very energetic presence about her, but how quickly she slowed down when we were talking was incredible. Just being in that energy with her in the beginning and watching her slow down in her words, in her energy. But, you know, the things that she shared and I do remember, I, I've cried at a few. 
<laughs> to your point, what you said earlier with fee, I remember crying because she was so real, so authentic, and so willing to play every string on her guitar in life. Mm. And seeing how she's changed because of this understanding and how her life has changed. And when we spoke with her, I don't know if I even know the outcome, but she had just heard that her house deal was going to fall through and she didn't know where she was going to live. Yeah. <laughs> she was still willing to just be with us in that space. I think the episode was called Adrenaline and Dumpster Diving. It was so great. It was so honest and genuine and so accepting of all of life. That's what it felt like to me. Loved it. Today, when I have negative thoughts, which is every other thought that I have, <laughs> maybe I get to break every other thought. <laughs> um, when I remember, oh, right, I don't have to respect that thought any more than I do maybe um, an exciting thought, taking more steps toward the possibility of not paying as much attention to these, these uh, fear thoughts. You know, a mentor said to me, fear is like, I hope I can use this word, fear is like a whore that comes to visit, right? And it really seems like a good idea <laughs> to go with this whore. She's attractive, you know, like got a lot going on, but it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> what I used to do, I call it dumpster diving. So I would have a thought, right? A negative thought. And then I would jump in that dumpster of that negative thought and I'd look for more negative thoughts and then I would just be in the dumpster under all of these negative thoughts wondering why I wasn't feeling good because <laughs> I was literally jumping in the dumpster of all my negative thoughts thinking I was actually solving a problem by looking at all of them so knowing where my experience comes from is not about whether the house goes through or not. It gives me a lot of peace. It feels like something much bigger than me that's not me, that is connected to everything and everyone. And in this place, there is no anxiety. There is no depression. 
There is no more better. There is just presence. I was fortunate I was with Melissa in person um, 10 days ago. Where are you? I was. What happened with her house? I don't know, but clearly where her and her husband and their daughter lives now, they're very happy there in Long Island. Right. Um, it didn't come up. Hmm. Um, but it was really nice that she came up from Long Island to attend a retreat that me and the next person I'm going to talk about, we were running. Um, and again, another, a, a deeper, an, a deeper reveal of what life is really about is, is occurring in listening to Melissa. But I remember being really touched. The bit I remember about that episode as well is I don't know if we asked more than two questions in that entire 45, 50 minutes. She just... I don't remember. <laughs> that's the bit I went, I went, wow, she, could, she just talks wonderfully, articulately and clearly. And I really enjoyed it. And having the last time I saw her before we did the episode was, I don't know, maybe two years earlier, I saw her in person. And it was just such a, a real treat again to, um, to hear her talk. And I think it's such a, yeah, a, a lovely title and yeah, what we do live on the adrenaline, get a little bit hooked on it and then just go into the dumpster and dive in there and think that's a really good idea, even though we've put it and set it on fire or something. And it's just, yeah, it was a lovely episode. And then my, my fifth goes back to the pretty short, might've been our first guest. Lorna Davis, and it was episode five. And it was called Now I Just Sit Differently in the World, which is a quote from what Lorna said. And when I think of Lorna as a person, that's a really lovely sentence that kind of summarizes the way she is now. And in that episode, she was again so really clear in, in the before and the after and really the cause of the change between the two. What had she seen about herself as a human being and true for every human being about noise and what's under the noise? She's had an amazingly successful career and modest about it because there are so many things in her life that I, I keep learning about every time we have a conversation. You, what? Really? Going on in my head about some stuff that, that, that she's been up to and, and the freedom that she expressed in that episode and how that plays out now in her life and in the way that she shared it back on episode five. It was just so refreshing to me to listen to, to that episode again. Lorna was another one of those 
guests that I didn't meet until we were on and recording. And I love how deeply touched she is by what she's seen. So willing to share that and, and take us there with her as well. And the moments when, um, like with her dog, wasn't that Lorna was a dog and how she had this insight around the dog spun out and was one of her most memorable insights that she saw. Is that every time that I am not calm, in love, peaceful, comfortable, settled, all that means is that I'm overthinking. Nothing more, nothing less, that's it. And there's nothing to be done, just notice. No matter how tempting some of those thoughts are to kind of suck me in, nothing to be done. And in that moment, I saw, first of all, I saw like in hyperspeed, that I didn't even know what right was. I had made up right. And I was then going to apparently judge myself against right. And it was all made up. And it was like a glass, like a glass bowl, like a, like a vase. And it was as if it shattered, like I dropped it and it shattered in front of me. And I realized that this container of getting it right was a container that I was using not only for him, but for everything. So much, not everything, but so much in my life. After a lifetime of trying to fix myself and my circumstances, that I now see that I was perfect all along. And that my life is completely created from the inside out and that it's designed to be perfect. I just remember feeling really touched by how, not only how much she's seen, but how deeply moved she is by it. I finally got to meet the dog a few weeks ago, stir fry, who's as lovely in person, of course, as he looks on, uh, on screen. And when he's um, looking at the camera, sometimes as he is during the conversation I'll be having with Lorna, but yeah, lovely dog. So the last one that I picked was one, just the two of us called well held. And you and I, just the two of us, we've had some really, really outstanding conversations as well as with our guests. But that one was really special for me because I'm starting to see a little bit deeper on what this all leads back to. Mm -hmm. Not just 
all of this helps because I see how our experience is created at times, not all the time. But in that episode, I really share some truths that I've seen recently about how when we let go of our story, what's left is truth. And that truth feels like being held. I can't remember how that episode started. I've not listened back to that one. The bit though that I really remember is in our exploring together in that episode, how we both remembered and realized more deeply again how well held we are and to me even when i'm in my story i'm still well held because to me it's it if it's true if something is fundamentally true it doesn't matter what i believe so i might believe that gravity works upwards that if i let go of my mug of tea then you know it will fly up towards the ceiling whether I believe it or not, it doesn't work like that. I've heard a lot about just, you know, notice when you're in the noise. Just notice. And sometimes that's been really helpful. But what I've found that for me, what seems to be shifting or kind of moving my understanding is noticing all the times that life has me. But I'm okay. Mm. And that's huge. Not just noticing when you're in the noise, but noticing how cared for, how well held I am when I don't see it. The truth of stillness without trying to be still the knowing that we're okay, the knowing that we're held. It's a wonderful thing to remember. So the, the, the bit of, I am so well held even when I think I'm not. That was the bit that I, th I remember going, oh yeah. So I can play my very human shenanigans and still be well held. I can forget and then dive in the dumpster truck and get addicted to adrenaline and I'm still well held. I can take off four strings out of my six string guitar because I don't like them and I'm still well held. It is easier when I remember. Life is an awful lot simpler then because I'm not so much in my noise yet. I'm still well held. Whether I know it or not, whether I forget or not. It really reassures me that I can then play in the way that so many of our guests have pointed out when you talked about Steph. 
and Mara. And, you know, I could mention loads of other guests that we've had. I mean, the George Pransky episode was gorgeous. Elsie Spittles, geez, I mean, that was just amazing. Michael Niels. I remember one of the earlier guests, Sarah Sylvester, and I think that was called Truth. Oh, Hope Embraced Me. Hope Embraced Me was the one from Sarah Sylvester, I think, in one of the first 10 episodes. And Sarah Matthew and the Run the Sun around the same time. And there were so many that I feel so lucky that I get to do this with you and speak to all of these amazing people and they get to share and then we get to share what they shared. I feel really lucky. And I was just looking at my, uh, my job pad here at my desk and I uh, counted this 14 names of people that we've got lined up for next year. Now, they've not all been approached. A lot of them have. Ten of the 14, I think, have already said yes in principle. So if you're listening now and you're thinking, well, what's coming next? So are we. Yet we've got some really cool people coming up. Unfortunately, we have listeners who keep sending us really good topics to chat about as well. And we do. But I think you're right that we could probably go back to every single episode. Find the truth in it, the value in every single one. Yeah. Well, Kate, it looks like we've got the half century in the bag. What do you think? It's went for the last 50 episodes. Thank you. It's your idea. You do an awful lot more than I do in this stuff. The editing I know takes a lot of time and patience in getting the levels right of the sound and everything. And, um, and in two different formats, in audio only and on YouTube, which is unedited, but, you know, it still takes an awful lot of time and effort on your behalf in a very busy life that you have. And I want to thank you for that, too. So anyone listening, and you know, who, who do you want to thank? Who do you want to thank? And it's Kate. So because it was Kate's initial idea. Kate does all the legwork in between the, the hour or so that, that Kate and I meet once a week. So thank you. You've been listening to this week's Under the Noise, episode 50, with Kate Roberts and me, Wynne Morgan. We'd love to hear from you, even if we've heard from you before, or you're one of those long-time listeners, first-time callers. Um, We'd love to hear from you, get in touch. If you've got questions um, for Kate or myself or topics that you'd like us to explore or people that you think you'd love to invite and it could be you to come on, to be a guest, we'd love that. So thanks for listening as always and we'll speak to you again very soon. 
Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.